Welcome to Real Financial Planning Broadcast on WKXL, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Matt Robeson, joined as always by Mike Morton of Morton Financial Advice, also the host of Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs, which if you're an entrepreneur and you're not listening to this podcast, I don't know, what are you doing the rest of your time? Creating new companies? What are you doing? Listen to more podcasts. (laughs) That's right. You've got the time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. For people who are spending their time, thank you for joining us on this show. In whatever podcast feed you find it, we're in Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. We're also in the Capital Close-Up podcast feed. I hope you have subscribed to both those podcasts. We're, we, we appear in both. And actually, ratings and reviews really help those podcasts out. So if you like, please leave one of those. We like five-star ratings. If you're considering a four-star rating, we'll accept right, if, that. That's cool, too. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't, if you don't like the podcast, then you could just not listen and don't leave any reviews. Just, just, just don't listen. I'd say, that's amazing advice. That's the kind of insight you get from Mike Morton here and nowhere else. Hey, um, Mike, you were saying right before we got on for this show, we were talking about what you wanted to talk about. You uncovered something that I find actually neat. It's so interesting how. When we think about, uh, look, some of us don't like to think about our money, our finances, our savings that much. We mostly think about it as a way to not worry about it. And the problem is that we worry about it anyway. We want to know, really, the question is, am I okay? It's like when you go to the doctor and, and you're like, hey, what's this, uh, what's this spot here on my arm? And you, you want the answer to that. But what you really want is for the doctor to say, oh, you're okay. And then you're fine. And so you have a neat way of of doing that when it comes to retirement savings of rather than doing a whole lot of math, a shorthand for am I doing okay? Yep. Now, this this is an article that's from MuradaOnMoney.com, and, and we'll list the article in the show notes. And I ran across it a few years ago and really liked the article. And it was all about um, actually the Oregon Trail and traveling along was their comparison. And then where are you in retirement compared to the Oregon Trail? But here you go. That what we're talking about is saving for retirement. Have you saved enough for retirement? And where are you along the journey? And as you get older, of course, you want to have saved more as you get older. So let's go ahead, Matt, and start through the chart. And this is your age and how much you should have saved for retirement. All right. So let me make sure I follow yeah. this. So we're following along. So what you're going to do here is you're going to give us right up front here in the show, and people keep listening because <laughs> I have a whole bunch of questions about this after, but you're going to give us at each age in five-year intervals how much you should have saved at that point. That's right. And this is going to be like, it's going to be a little bit of a chart, but listeners can breeze over all the ages that aren't near their age and just focus on the age that's their age. So if, so if you're listening right or, now. Or no, you could pay attention to those. And then if you have friends at that age, you could point at them and laugh. That's, that's true too. <laughs> okay. So there's a lot of uses. There's a lot of uses for this. But what I want you to first do is obviously think of your age. So you got that. And then I want you to quickly think about how much you currently have saved for retirement. Make a round Got number. It. How much, you know, in your 401ks, your individual retirement accounts, with your partner potentially, and total all that up. Just just a round number. Just a round number. Okay. All right. Okay, I think I got it. All right. So if you're age 30, all right, you started your career five or eight years ago. Age 30, you should have saved one times your salary. Well, that was the other point, all Matt. Right. I didn't say. Think about your salaries because that kind of is your current living. Oh, I see. Okay. So, 
So whatever we're making in our household right now. Yep. So at eight, so that's how much should be in all of those accounts added up at age 30. So at is age 30, just you that should amount. have saved your entire sal- yearly salary. If I make 100,000 bucks, I should have 100,000 saved up at that point at age 30. That's right. Perfect. Okay. Here we go. Age 35, five years later, two times, two times your salary. Got it. And that's whatever my current salary is. So yep. maybe I'm making more yep. at that point. Maybe I'm making $150,000. Boy, that would be awesome. <laughs> 150000 at age 35. So I should have saved two times that amount, 300000 There you go. Age 40, you should have 4X. Four times your salary. Okay. Got it. Age 45, 6X. Six times your salary. Age 50, almost 10 times. Age 55, 12 times. Age 60, 17 times. And age 65, which we're going to call retirement, 23 times your yearly salary or what you need to live on. 23 Now. Yeah, so one thing I'll point out about this, Matt, uh, just briefly, and then I know you got questions, we'll get into some stuff. But age 30, we started working at 22, 25. By 30, you saved 1x. And then, uh, this is five years chunk. Let me just say the numbers every five years. One, two, four, six, then nine, 12, 17, 23. So it starts really slow. One, two, and four over, you know, from ages 30 to 40. Really small kind of curve, slow kind of growth. And then the compounding really kicks in. So right off the bat, one thing I want you to notice is that if you're in the kind of middle of your, what I say, the middle of your career, ages 40 to 50, you might feel really far behind. Maybe you are far behind. Okay. But you might feel really far behind because you've only Go on. I'm very interested in what you're saying right now. Yes. Let's just say that you know someone, we'll call him Matt R. Right. Who feels this way. Feels very far behind. Um, because you haven't saved that big pile of money yet, realizing that mm. compounding is going to kick in for the last 10 or 15 years. Oh. And so you don't save a whole lot up front. I mean, it's really hard. It's like nickels and dimes. You know, when you're starting, it doesn't grow that fast. And then towards the end, it starts really growing. That's interesting because I'm really glad you said that because I, I kicked off the show by saying that this is a way to find reassurance. But it's very easy unless you realize that last point you said to look ahead mm-hmm. and say, ooh, I don't find this reassuring. I find this very stressful. What you're saying is there's a how-goes-it curve here, and you want to make sure that you're on it, but don't worry that much if it you don't see how you're going to make the gap on salary alone between here and that next five-year increment. That, that's right. I love the way you said that, on your salary alone. Because right. when you're young and you're saving that 15%, that's why it takes you that first six, seven years to get to 1x. I mean, you're literally saving like 15% times six years to finally get, you know, oh, I saved one times my salary. Oh, but right. then that one times your salary is going to start compounding and you're still saving. Okay, so then later on in your 50s, say, the, the bulk of where your retirement savings is going to come from is already what you've saved. It's already in the bank and it's compounding. You're not adding that much more every year because you're adding 15% of your salary, but you've already saved a whole bunch, hopefully. 
And so that whole bunch is compounding and, and probably adding more than you're you know, continuing to put in on a dollar basis. Well, I wanted to ask you about the bookends here. Yeah. Let's do the front end yeah, yeah. first, then, then we'll do the back end. At the front end, you just said something interesting, which is you're saving about a, a target of about 15% in those initial years in your career. Important about that, I mean, those are, those are going to be small dollars comparatively, but it sounds like that's kind of critical because those are the dollars uh-huh. that you're going to get the most magic of compounding on. So... In a way, it's like they're almost more impulsors. I mean, it's weird, but yeah. like, is, so first of all, is that sense about right? And, and yeah, that's is that good why? questions. So I always start with a 15%. All right. So if you're in your 20s, 30s, or even teens, okay, target 15% of your gross income that is saved for the future, for your retirement or flexible future. Okay. So 15% of your gross income, just take it off the top. It's in your IRAs, your 401ks. That's probably about right. You're not hitting those maximums in terms of dollars. And so you can save 15% in those areas and just live off the rest. And if you get used to doing that in your teens and 20s, then you're already way ahead of the game. You're going to be great. Okay. So 15%. And the reason that works, Matt, is because if you take this salary from your, you know, it's age 24 up through age 65, and you assume, make some assumptions like my salary kind of keeps up with inflation and I'm going to save 15%. I'm going to get some compounding on that. When you reach 65, you have enough to stop working and then live on that same salary. Okay. That's just mathematics, how that works out. That's why we say 15%. And then you're exactly right. The early dollars make all the difference. And that's where the compounding starts. There's another uh, story we've talked about before, not for a while now, where for a newborn you could put in some money, okay? So you could put in a couple hundred dollars or maybe for a grandchild, you could put in $3,000. If you do $3,000 when they're born, it turns into millions of dollars by the time they retire. And it doesn't start big, right? 3,000 is only gonna be $200 the next year. (laughs) So you only make like $200 that first year and another $200 the next year. You know, so by the time 10 or 20 years are over, it's really not that big even. It's the next years that it gets bigger and bigger. So yeah, those first dollars are really important. Start early, invest as early as you can and as often as you can. I'm just continually struck by the the magic of exponential growth compounding. It really is incredible. I saw a statistic once. They were talking about how humanity populated the Americas, basically, during the last ice age. And there was an estimate that if you started with just a thousand humans who migrated over from Asia across the land bridge that existed at the time uh, over to Alaska and then down into North America, a thousand over a thousand years becomes a million. And you only need to add 0.1 people per year. It's astonishing. At that rate, you know, and so you you end up with like 101 people in the first year and you're like, this is never going to happen. Never going to happen. And <laughs> lo and behold, I actually yep. did it in, in Microsoft Excel. The same thing is true with your retirement. Okay, that's fascinating. That's very helpful. 15%, great rule of thumb. You said in the table before that by age 65, you should have 23 times your That's an awfully specific number. That's a suspiciously <laughs> specific number. Why 23? Are you like a Michael Jordan fan? Like, what's up with that? <laughs> right, right. So again, this is pulled from the Murata on Money article. 
and I highly recommend checking that out and some of the supporting articles as well. And it's just, again, mathematics behind you, the average return and assumptions and living on that salary for the next 30 years, 65 through 95. The withdrawal rate, if you had 23 times, I often say 25 times just to make the math easier. If you have 25 times what you need every year, then you withdraw from that portfolio to live off of about 4%. Okay? So if you have 25x what you need, you can take 4% oh, I of see. that. Which is 125th. Okay. So it's like, you know. Yep, 125th, 4%. And a 4% withdrawal rate is pretty sustainable. All right, now we can get into sustainable withdrawal rates. That'll be a whole other uh, podcast. If I have a million dollars, can I really live on 25000 a year and forever, uh, potentially? So yeah, 4% is a pretty good conservative, pretty good rate. And so that's why we say 23X or 25X is a really good target to know. Mm. Now remember, so you're thinking, now you're thinking, geez, I need 25X and I'm not that far from retirement and I've only got 15 or 20. Geez, I have to add another five times my salary. But remember what you just said is like from 60, you only have 17 times your salary. And the next five years, you'll get to 23 times your salary. So those last five years of working is where hopefully that retirement portfolio is really working for you and continuing to grow while you're not withdrawing from it. Now, one thing that is not subject to the magic of compounding is whatever money you're going to get from Social Security. I, you know, like... No, wait, hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. That is subject to compounding. Because if you delay taking Social Security, you get a guaranteed 8% return oh. on that. So the longer you delay Social Security, it's one of the best ones there is out there, that you want to delay taking Social Security as long as you can. Every year you delay, you get another 8%. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Dude, <laughs> yeah. we, why didn't you do a whole show about that? You, you gave away. You get, like, we're still in the first 20 minutes of the movie. You showed the shark in Jaws. You oh, save yeah. the sharks. Oh, right, we're going to need a bigger <laughs> boat and another podcast for that. Um, all right. That's fascinating. So I, that that the broader question I was going to ask is you touched on this briefly at the top of the show. What is included in that, you know, like all of your right. savings here? You said IRAs, 403Bs. I still I've done this show with you. I've done like 60, 70 episodes of the show with you. I don't know what a 403B is. Um, <laughs> Whatever it's it's it, it it sounds like a lot. The people that have them know what oh, they okay. are. Good. So for people who have four hundred three Bs, that's included. That's good. But Social Security's in there too, right? So you you do have to do a little. No, no, it's that's not. Interesting. Okay. So this so it's a really good point. What you need to know is amount that you need. All right. The math gets more interesting as you're approaching retirement. So I do recommend this. Oh, I'm getting pretty close to retirement. Am I going to be okay if I retire uh, two years from now? or four years from now, that's when you really want to start dialing in the math. You don't want to just wing that. You want to know when is a good time for taking Social Security? How much can I rely on my portfolio? What are the investments in my portfolio in? How risky am I being? What's a safe withdrawal rate for me? All of those things, you really should work the numbers. So that's uh, one thing to, to you know be aware of. But in terms of gross numbers, what we're talking about is for a retirement account. 401ks, 403bs, deferred comps, individual retirement accounts. If you have taxable savings, brokerage accounts that are hundreds of thousands of dollars, 
that you're saving for retirement. You've made some extra savings there. So just put all that together in one big bucket. Now, the other point is that I mentioned, oh, if you've saved a million and you withdraw 4%, so 40,000 a year, can I live on 40,000 a year? If you've saved $1 million, you might add social security or pensions on top of that. So 40,000 might not be enough. But with your social security, any pensions, then maybe $1 million is enough. So that's when you're really dialing in. So that 23 target, all of this is assuming there's probably some social security in there, but it keeps it separate. Just look at your various accounts. Okay, that's actually, yeah. that's that's very helpful. Now look, this is going to be a fast and I think obvious one, I think. But you're um, M. Robeson and you're behind. What are your options you know, and again, we're not saying project forward because we don't know about the compounding here. We're saying right now at on that chart off, you know, you're you're in a certain age range and you do not have saved that multiple of your salary that you're supposed to be targeting at that point. And you do have to be able to do a little bit of catch up. The obvious ways to do that, I'm assuming, are spend less, earn more, right. work longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's those three. It's never pleasant. A couple of tips. If you're younger, we already mentioned this. If you're younger, it doesn't seem like a lot, but those dollars make a big difference later. So if you're not at the 15% yet, really focus on that by saving more and spending less. You're just going to have to. Okay. But the earlier you dial that in, you get the double whammy, Matt, because your living expenses are going down which means for the rest of the decades ahead of you, your living expenses are a little bit less. And one, two, 3% little bit less makes massive compounding difference on the expense mm. side. Okay? So I do this projection all the, all the time with, with my clients. Hey, we're going to project 30 years of retirement. Are you spending 4000 a month or 5000 a month? Well, geez, 1000 bucks doesn't seem like a whole lot, right? Every month for 30 years... That's 25% difference. It's massive, okay? So if you can just save your expenses a little bit and you're still in the middle of your career, early career, that's gonna make a massive compounding difference on the expense side and getting it invested, okay? So both ways. The other thing is to get a double whammy is work a little bit longer, all right? By working one or two more years, not only are you saving one or two more years, but really the best part is you're not spending from your portfolio for those one or two years. And again, the compounding, if you do that at age 65, 66, okay, not spending the dollars at 65 and 66, those dollars are getting invested for another, you know, 30 Got years. It. Got it. Well, actually, I find that somewhat reassuring, somewhat comforting. So look, it seems like the bottom line here, once again, is people can look in the show notes, go to either of these podcasts, check out the table, but this is, it's just a great shorthand. And there are things you can do, especially the younger you are to get onto the target that, that you need to be at. Yeah. It's always good to know where you are and feel confident um, that you're on the right track. So the, another seemingly obvious question, do your particular investments matter in all of this? If you are a little bit behind? Yeah. We we're talking a lot about, and you're not going to compound very quickly if you don't invest. So yeah, just like go back and listen to what every other episode we've ever done about <laughs> investing and, and what should you be invested in and which funds and all that stuff. But yeah, across your retirement accounts, these are accounts that are for the far future, usually five, 10, 20 years away. And so you want to be heavily invested 70%, 80%, 90%. Again, this is not financial advice, but something to consider. 
be heavily invested for the future because those uh, investments are what really give you the compounding over time. But it's not like there's a secret sauce out there. It's like, here's the one weird trick. If you had that, you wouldn't be doing this podcast. That's correct. You yourself would invest and you wouldn't tell anybody else. So you maintain that edge. It doesn't exist. If it existed, people, if it exists, you're not going to hear about it from anyone writing about it or anyone podcasting about it. They're going to keep it to themselves. That's right. So if you hear that out there, it is not particularly valuable. What What about, are, are there any specific things that you should be doing like right now? Yeah. yeah. So let's give the listeners some action items. So one, we start off the whole show with, you know, what age are you and how much you should have. So go ahead and, and take five minutes and, and figure that out. Total your accounts, check all your retirement accounts, check your age, look at the show notes to get the link and read the article. Um, but you can just check and see if you're on track. So that's the first thing to do. Um, and then we gave you some tips if you're behind and congratulations, you know, if you're ahead. And then number two, you can double check your savings rate. We mentioned that 15%. I told you why I really like that getting some forced savings, keeping your expenses a little bit lower, living off the other 85%. Um, so double check your savings rate. Are you saving 15% of your take-home salary? And then third, automate those savings. We had an episode around automating your savings. Make sure you don't have to keep revisiting this topic all the time, spending the mental energy. So just make sure you automate your savings. But the big thing, Matt, is don't stress too much, Okay if you find yourself a little bit behind because compounding really kicks in. Everyone knows Warren Buffett. He's saying Margaritaville. <laughs> oh, no, right. that's Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Not that no, Buffett. I know Warren Buffett, the famous investor, <laughs> the mega billionaire. Yes. Yeah, the mega billionaire. He made over 99% of his money after his 50s. Whoa. And he made over 95% of his money after he was age 65. Over 95% of, of his wealth after he's age 65. The real secret to Buffett is not his investing acumen. The secret is he started in a teenager and he's in his 90s and he's still going. So he's invested for over 80 years of compounding. Wow. And that is the secret. That's, that is very reassuring. We started off by stressing people. We tried to reassure them first. We said, oh, look, we're right. going to give you a handy tip. Then it was like, wait a second, isn't this stressful? And I like that we've kindly, kind of come full circle here to... You know, even if you're not at one of these benchmarks that you gave in this table, there are things you can do. They're not rocket science. None of this is rocket science. There's not that much math involved. Just just do the, the straightforward stuff. Excellent. Mike Morton, as always, great, very practical advice. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn or MortonFinancialAdvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. If you have a comment or question, please email me at FinancialPlanningPod at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered for investment advice. Opinions expressed as are of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. We do not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the data presented here.